Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 369. Have you ever taken a cruise to Alaska? This incredible destination is the focus of this week's cruise story, where Charlotte tells us about her first cruise to Alaska along with her family during a Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise. Here we go. We're back this week with another cruise story, and joining me on this week's podcast is somebody I've had the pleasure of not only cruising with in the past, but actually have been on the same cruise that we're going to be talking today. Uh, it is uh, Charlotte Manglass of Georgia in the house. Welcome, Charlotte. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, obviously, that you and I have cruised together. We've been on, I can think of at least three cruises. Has it, has it been more than that? But uh, we've been um, on a couple with and without kids. Yeah, I think I think technically four because we did that Symphony of the Seas kind of back to back almost, <laughs> you know, when we did the preview and then the group cruise after that. So I think we did that, that one. That totally counts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so obviously uh, I know Charlotte pretty well, and uh, today um, we're we're talking about the cruise stories. By the way, if you're if you're new to the podcast, these cruise stories are basically opportunities, means of which to discuss basically like look back on fonder times simpler times if you will uh when when cruising was happening and recall some some fun experiences uh overall so charlotte which cruise are we talking about today right today we're going to talk about the alaska group cruise we did on explorer of the seas and believe it or not it was two years ago my god oh it's it it was such an amazing cruise and i can't believe it's been that long and it's almost, uh, not, this is obviously not your fault, but it brings up a sore <laughs> subject because I was, this was going to be the year I was going to get back and like, you know, relive those memories and make new ones. And of course that didn't happen, but I, uh, I mean, I love talking Alaska. What a fun cruise this was. Uh, this is the first cruise actually also that our kids got to meet. Yes. Yes, it was. So that was, it was actually my daughter's first Royal Caribbean cruise. Yeah. Yeah, it was I'm going to I'm going to start off your cruise story with a story about you guys if that's all right. Sure. Um we were taking the shuttle over. We we got we were all before the cruise we all uh, we, this was a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise and we all stayed in the same hotel. And uh before the cruise or the day of the cruise rather, we all got in the in a taxi cab to go over to the port. And by just sheer chance, uh Charla and her family and my family were in the same cab. Great. Well, Charlotte comes up to me before all this and goes, listen, uh, my daughter, you know, she's a little, she's a little shy, a little quiet. Uh, you know, it might be a little bit of adjustment. Okay, no problem. We get in the cab. Charlotte's daughter talked the entire time in the cab. It was just like, I was like, this was her daughter, right? <laughs> so, but I think that set us up for like off to a great start to begin with. Yes. And especially like, she is shy around adults that she first meets, but I think having your kids there, she just loved them so much from the beginning. So much so that as soon as we got home, when am I going to see Gabby and Aubrey again? When am I going to see them again? She just could not wait. Love it. <laughs> so why did you, uh, well, I guess the, the question when we get into this cruise story here is uh, what drew you to Alaska, Charlotte? Oh, I've always wanted to go to Alaska. My husband loves the cold weather and we don't get a whole lot of cold weather here and especially not in the summer. So that was helpful. Um, I wanted to see whales and the glaciers and this cruise had pretty much everything that I wanted to see in Alaska. Unfortunately, when we got there and didn't see everything, now I really have to go back. <laughs> but at the time for a first cruise, it was a perfect, it was perfect. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's a great, it's a great reason to go to Alaska in the first place. And I couldn't agree more. It drew us to a lot there. So talk to me about this cruise. What makes, I mean, it is Alaska and I almost want to say like it, it goes without saying that Alaska is amazing. So end of the podcast. There we go. Thank you everybody, yeah. ladies and gentlemen for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> what, what stood out about this cruise? Why does this one really resonate with you? Gosh, there's so many, there's too many reasons to probably list here, but my favorite thing, I believe, was the day that we were in Juneau, and that's the day we did the whale watching. And we got on a small boat and went out to see the whales and just to learn about how well they're protected. And we couldn't get a certain distance to them because of that protection. And they filled us with so many facts about the humpback whales, and we were pretty lucky to see them as many as we did, it sounded like. And that was probably the highlight of the entire trip for me. I, yeah, and you know what's funny is that you mentioned the whales, and it reminded me in general. I felt like the it was a great cruise, amazing trip to to Alaska, but I don't think we saw quite as many uh, animals as uh, maybe other people have seen on Alaska uh-huh. cruise, like the big animals. Like I remember, I saw one bear in Skagway on one of our. We did a car tour there. And like, I, I, I think there were very few people that I ever ran into on that cruise who said they saw a bear. It just seemed like they were the animal, the mega animals that were kind of few and far between. So the fact that you guys right. see some whales, that's one more whale than I saw on that cruise. <laughs> and um, when, when we were in, when we were in Mendenhall Glacier, somebody said they saw a bear and where it was. And by the time we got there, it was gone. So I did want to see that. And then at the uh, salmon bake too, some people saw bears and I didn't see any, <laughs> any of them there. So um, I wish that I had seen something like that, but yeah, the whales were unbelievable and we saw dozens of them. It was great. Uh, going back to the whale watching tour for a second, I wanted to ask you, there, I have not done the whale watching tour anywhere, but I'll be honest with you. We've been very hesitant to do that out of fear of getting seasick. Those, you know, boats kind of mm-hmm. sit in one place and they can rock back and forth. What was your experience in that regard? Well, I am somebody who in general on a cruise ship, I do not get seasick, but I do get a little bit of motion sickness on a small boat like that, or some rides like in a theme park or something like that do affect me a little bit. So I was concerned as well, but this one, I really didn't feel sick. I felt I, you could definitely feel the motion <laughs> because it was, you know, it was kind of, if you think about those small boats in the Caribbean that you go around and we did feel some motion, but it was, I felt like much calmer water than the Caribbean would be. And, you know, it's not to say that it wasn't, that it was completely calm, but I didn't get sick at all. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I was just curious, something to put in the back of my mind, um, you know, later on. But even if I had, I think it would have been totally worth it because it was because it was so cool to see them. And it's a once, maybe twice in a lifetime opportunity. So, yeah, I think what I would do, honestly, is just pop a bow nine anyway before that. And just, you know, it's better safe than sorry kind of situation. But I just wanted to I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. So, uh, all right. So you did the whale watching. That was a big deal. And then obviously you went to, you also went to Mendenhall Glacier Park, which I absolutely loved as well. I thought that was, that was almost like a, it was a side diversion, if you will. Like we did a, uh-huh. we did, um, the petting, the, the puppies, the dog sledding in the morning. And then it was like, well, we have an afternoon to kill. Let's go to the Mendenhall Glacier Park. But I wish we had way more time over there. Me too. I wish I could have spent days there. I feel like it was mm-hmm. beautiful. It was uh, fascinating to see and to learn about and, I, I could have spent way more time hiking and walking around. And I believe when you were there, you walked further out along the edge of the water than we did, because I was afraid we wouldn't have time to get back for the, for the boat or the bus to take us back to the ship. 
Yeah, we just, you know, we if the kids get left behind, they get left behind. They know the rules. <laughs> That's how it works. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, the, I would have spent days there. I, I loved that place. So, from your let's let's talk about uh, your daughter Nora. You know, what did she think? What was kind of like? What stood out after you know, obviously coming back on that from that vacation? What do you think was kind of a a, a great memory of that cruise for her? Oh, for sure. The kids club, any cruise that we go on, that's all she wants to talk about is the adventure ocean or the things they did in the kids club. So it doesn't matter where we take her. That's where she wants to go. Um, and when I told her that we were going to go to Norway next year, she said uh, that she didn't want to cruise somewhere where it was cold. And I said, that's okay. You could stay in the kids club the entire time. She said, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so she, uh, she, she thought it was, it was cold. And so that part she didn't love. But beyond that, she loved all the stuff while we were there. She, again, Adventure Ocean was her most favorite thing in the world. And it is on any ship, any kind of ship with a kids club. That's where she is pretty much all the time that it's open. Yeah, it's nice to have that option for the kids because sometimes, you know, my kids are, they want to get off the ship. They want to go to the beach. They want to go do all those things. And there are some days where, you know, whatever reason, I mean, honestly, you know this as they start getting older, trying to place logic with what they're deciding yeah. just doesn't jive. <laughs> but it's always nice to be able to say to them, listen, this is what we're doing. You can either come with us or you can say on board the ship if you want. And we'll come get you when we get back on the ship. And it, it is nice to have that. My kids do enjoy it as well. It also very much is, I, this is the nice thing about these, I get these Royal Caribbean Block group cruises. Is there typically is a little contingent of kids on there. And it's nice because the more that's do, like the more that are in Adventure Ocean, the more that will say, oh no, I want to go because so-and-so and so-and-so yeah. are going to be there. And that really does make a, as a parent, listen, I want them to have fun. And if they're having fun in Adventure Ocean or they're having fun, in the you know in a, in a national park great i mean it's 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 their vacation as well it's not about you know just doing exactly what i want to do all the time and as an as an parent as an adult as well it's also nice having a little bit of a break from the kids yeah and i had asked her before we went what were the things that she wanted to do the most and i had given her a couple of options in each place when i was looking at the shore excursions and one of the things that she couldn't wait to do for some reason, because she absolutely loves salmon, she wanted to do the salmon bake. So we made sure to do that. But she, you know, so she did get to pick some of the things that we did when we were off of the ship. But on the ship itself, she couldn't care less. She wanted to stay in the kids club or walk around. Um, she loved that Rube Goldberg machine that they had right in front of Adventure Ocean. Anything that she could do to just enjoy the view. That's what she wanted to do. So, and if the kid, if the, the other kids that she was friends with were in there even better. And we didn't mind even paying for the late night because the other kids sh that she was friends with were also going. And so she, we were like, yeah, if you're good, you can get ice cream and stay up late. And she's like, yes, I will do that. I will be on my best behavior. <laughs> so It's a little <laughs> bit of bribery. Yep. Yep. It's great. And actually it's, it's, it reminds me of something else that, I remember we did, um, you mentioned, you know, talking um, to her about some of the uh, plans you had in there and a great tip, whether you're going to Alaska or the Caribbean or anywhere really is, you know, you know, pull up the cruise planner website with the kids and kind of go through some of those tours and mm -hmm. see if you can get, you know, you can garner interest. I remember the, the meeting, the sled dogs was a big thing for the kids. And I, I don't know about everybody's kids, but my kids, especially, you know, visualizing what we're doing is a big part of, you know, getting buy-in from them and getting quite honestly excited about it. And certainly that's a great tip when it comes to planning any cruise, looking at the shore excursions with your kids, um, you know, and, and just seeing, you know, maybe they, maybe they'll say, I don't want to do any of these things. Okay. Well then, you know, mommy, dad are just picking it and yeah. deal with it. But, um, 
but it's nice to have buy-in from them when possible. Right. And I'll, you, you know, if we cruise in the Caribbean, all she wants to do is go to the beach or go to the pool, but it, obviously the weather was quite different in Alaska. So she just wanted to do whatever she could that she thought she would have fun and that other people were doing. And then uh, for us, for, for, the parents, we just wanted to make sure that we had fun and then that she got some education in there, even if we had to kind of sneak it in. <laughs> Absolutely. So which, uh, which thing, what part of that cruise, Charlotte, do you miss the most? Like right now, where would you, what would you, if you could like magically snap your fingers and either relive it or go back or something like that? What, like, what about that cruise really stands out to you that you would love to be able to do again? Well, as I have already said, the whale watching and that glacier, I, or you know what? If I was going to just be in one place, though, I would pick that day that we were in the fjord and we did a full circle with the cruise ship. Oh and yeah! We had so we had an aft balcony on deck seven, and so we just got we didn't even leave our room. We just opened the curtains and we could see everything from that balcony because we could see, you know, like 180 degrees from where we were, and then every we just saw everything. And it was fantastic. And it was so beautiful. And you you can't see that anywhere else. Yeah, that was an amazing day. Because if you remember, the sun came out when mm-hmm. we were spinning around, which was incredible. Because not only do you get to see everything, but it doesn't look as murky, number one. And number two, the way the sun would reflect off the surfaces of both the ice as well as the the rock faces. I remember the ice like turned for like when it's dark, when well, not dark out, but when it's cloudy out the ice looks this like, you know, darkish blue, but when the lights shines, you know, the sun starts, starts coming through them, they change like hues. Uh, and it really becomes this beautiful, I don't know what color you would call it, aqua color. Maybe the, it, yeah. it's a much more uh, lighter color and it, it just looks so amazing. Yeah. And I felt like it was a thing that, cause we were in there for several hours one morning. And so you could, you know, go in at 9 a.m. and then go back an hour later and it was completely different just based on the, like you said, the sunlight and the the way it reflected. And then just based on your pos- position on the ship, it was, it was, it was cool. It was really, really cool. Yeah, no, that was incredible. And that is something that uh, I think all the ships do it, even if they go to different fjords, uh, they have that opportunity to do something like that. Again, weather permitting, because sometimes it may not work if the ice pack is too thick or, other conditions don't prohibit it, but we had, it was so, it was really, really nice that we got to go there. And, um, it, it just, I, I hate to say I almost forgot, but I almost forgot about that. I always think about the ports when we did like, you know, in town, which is always fun, but you're right, Charla, the doing those things, uh, you know, the, the, the seeing the, the fjord and, and, and the glacier and hearing the sounds, the crackle of the ice constantly. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. Yeah, it's something that you can't, like, because you can see whales on the east coast of Canada, for example, but you can't see glaciers on the east coast. So it's it's definitely worth going over to the west coast to see that type of thing. Absolutely. Or I guess you um, can technically if you go far, than, far enough north, but we're not going to get into all of that. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't add me on the technicality. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a great cruise and, uh, you know, listen, and, and, you know, look at the risk of making a shameless plug, which it is, but, uh, you know, the fact that it was a Royal Korean blog group cruise and we got to experience it together. Uh, I, it was so cool because we got to share like every day we would kind of get together whether it was at dinner, whether it was at the bar, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, we would, we would be talking about what we did because we all did different excursions, different tours, you know, saw different things. And, you know, even your location on the ship 
would probably, you might see, you know, a sea lion on one side and a bald eagle on the other. And, and it was kind of cool to compare notes in that regard because we had the same collective experience, but very different observations. Yeah, and you just reminded me when you said the bald eagles, on the Explorer of the Seas and some of the other, I wouldn't even want to really call it a small ship, but not the Oasis class or mega ships, you can get out onto the helipad. And so we spent quite a bit of time out on the helipad and we saw all sorts of bald eagles and other wildlife just around. And that was very, very cool too. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And you'll hear us say that word all the time. You'll hear other people tell you Alaska is amazing. And I heard it too, but until you actually get there yourself, there is nothing that can really put it in perspective for you. The, the right. grandeur, and the majesty of it are just tremendous. So right. I hope that everybody gets an opportunity to, to see what Charlotte and I are talking about because, uh, yeah, it was, it was such an incredible cruise and, um, yeah, it, it, it really stands out. I can understand exactly why you chose this for, uh, for your cruise story this week, Charlotte. Yeah. And Hey, after, um, Anthem of the Seas next year, then I'll come talk about the Northern lights. Cause I really want to see that. Oh yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Charlotte, thanks so much for, for joining us here on this week's podcast. And, uh, like you said, hopefully we'll see you in some, well, I'd say we'll see you in Norway, but I'll see you probably, I hope to see you in England beforehand. Cause that'll mean I'm you're sorry. on the cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. Alrighty, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where you can send in, email me your Royal Caribbean cruise questions, and I'll answer them here on the podcast. You can always do so by sending the emails to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from John Valentine, who writes, Hey, Matt, what happens if for some reason you are denied boarding? Will you be refunded your money you paid for the cruise? If a ship was sold out before the pandemic and the cruise line decides to sail or reduce capacity, how will that be decided which guests will have their cruise canceled? I'm almost at final payment date and I only owe $300. Taking into consideration I've been making payments for close to two years, I'm concerned since this is a bucket list trip. Thanks for your attention. John, it's a great question. And as of the recording of this podcast, the answer is I simply don't know. It's a really good question about what might happen. And I think you're really talking about two different scenarios, both are related, by the way, to probably at least a short term when cruising resumes and, you know, what happens if you were to get to the cruise port and oops, uh, you know, you've, you've, you, you fail the temperature check or the, or the, uh, any other test they're doing on you to ensure that you're healthy to sail, you know, would the, obviously be denied boarding, but what would happen, you know, to your cruise fare, essentially, that's number one. And then number two is uh, the idea that they'll be enforcing social distancing on board by limiting the capacity of the ships. These are both things that have been basically not, I don't want to say confirmed, but certainly things that we can expect or things that Royal Caribbean has hinted strongly at that they're leaning in that direction. And we'll know the full answer to that at some point when Royal Caribbean comes out with their new list of policies and procedures related to that. But it's a good question, John. And my guess, and I got to emphasize this, this is my guess, and I do not know this for a fact, but if there, if you got to the port and you were denied boarding because you failed one of the tests they're doing, I would imagine they would refund your money because, you know, that's just... Uh, it, it, it's just the nature of the of the world we live in here, and it's not like you did something wrong per se. Just unfortunately, didn't work in your favor here. I would expect that to be the case, where your money would be refunded to you. In the second, but you didn't like break a policy, or you didn't like you know uh, steal a drink pack, something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's not not a not a not a, error, a fault of your own. 
The second one about the, you know, what happens to how they determine the reduced capacity and whose rooms get chosen, that's an excellent question. I would say it's probably one of the biggest questions out there right now that we simply don't know the answer to because we have to wait for Royal Caribbean. Once they announce that they are limiting capacity and they come up with a policy related to it, then we'll know the answer to that one. We simply don't know yet what might happen. I can understand, John. There's a lot of people, whether, whether you book the screws two weeks beforehand or two years beforehand, you want to go on your vacation. You want to make sure that it's a reality and you want to make sure that, you know, you're able to, to enjoy that cruise. So I, I listen, I don't care what cruise is. I want to be able to go on that. Right? I don't think anyone necessarily wants to hear, Oh no, you can't go on this cruise anymore because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, there's, I, I have to imagine there's going to be a policy, a hopefully some logic to it, how that's going to work out. Because it's one thing if you're talking about a cruise a year from now, that's only 50% sold right now, they can just, you know, stop selling rooms and problem solved. But there are definitely some sailings out there that have, um, you know, I, they've already gone past a certain threshold, whether that's 60 or 70%. I've heard those numbers kind of thrown around by Royal Caribbean, you know, in terms of capacity. Um, it, it would, you know, be a possibility of something else that could be there. But uh, it remains to be seen, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, where that line is going to be drawn and how they're going to do it is going to be a very interesting question because, you know, I, I hope that at least it's very transparent and that it's as fair as possible. And more importantly, they also give you time to, uh, you know, to change your mind. I feel like, and again, this is again an opinion, not any kind of based on any evidence, but my gut tells me that I think that number one, Royal is gonna have their hand helped a little bit by the fact that even if cruising were to restart at any given point, there's gonna be a portion of people who do have cruises booked who probably will cancel on their own volition because they just simply don't feel comfortable going for whatever reason that may be. So I don't know that it will necessarily be, you know, a slam dunk and they won't have to worry about this. I think it will be an issue in, in the sense that it will affect some people, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, the pre-COVID cruising levels where ships were sailing were always booked at basically full, if not full, and they're really going to have to, you know, wind it down. I, I feel like the natural order of things today is causing those things to uh, to be in a situation where we're okay. So um, I, I feel like we're we're good in that. That'll help a little bit, but yeah, we're gonna have to wait and see, John, what the what the actual policy is gonna look like and what Royal Caribbean is going to have in terms of here's how it's gonna work, here's the workflow, here's what happens when X, Y, or Z occurs, and so. Yeah, we're just kind of waiting around. So, John, thanks for the email. Thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Uh, you can always uh, send me your emails to be read on this podcast by sending them to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.